and share shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting beside me here is my lovely co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Well, you know, Brandon, I'm doing lovely. You know, today's a special day. You know why? It is the last episode of the year. It is the last episode of the year. Last episode of the decade. So we're going to be going over a lot of year-end, decade-end things, but we always got to kick off with everyone's favorite segment. Dominic's picks. Bump, bump. So week 16, the penultimate week in the NFL regular season, Dominic went to 7-9, and nine, bringing his overall total to 116, 108, and 1. And 1. So we are here last week of the regular season, week 17. Pretty much all the playoff teams are set in stone, except for that number 6 seed in the AFC. We'll get to that in a little bit. So basically, all these games are really just for playoff seeding. But we will go over every single game. Like we always do. Some will be a little quicker than others. So we're going to start off with the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions. Green Bay beat the Minnesota Vikings last week. I picked them to win, and of course Dominic goes opposite of me, and see how that turned out. You lost. Well, you know, you can't blame me, man. You can't blame me. You know, shoot or gonna shoot. The Green Bay Packers are the NFC North champs. They are currently the three-seed I believe, and they still have a shot at winning the uh, number one seed as long as the 49ers and the Saints lose and they win. They can jump up to a number one. So, Dominic, do they get the job done against Detroit in Detroit? Yes. You know why? Because Aaron Rodgers has been performing pretty bad. But if there's a team he's going to bounce back against, it's going to be the Detroit Lions. Next up, we got a battle of some New York teams. The New York Football Jets take on the Buffalo Bills. They are locked in as the five seed, the first wild card. Nothing really to play for, so maybe they bench some players. Uh, but do they still get the win against the Jets? You know, the Bills to me surprisingly had a pretty good year. Um, if they bench people, no. If they start it like a normal game, yeah, they'll still win. Well, I need an official prediction, Dominic. Well, I can't give it to you yet. I need to know who's playing. Can we come back to this uh, no. Sunday? You got you to gotta pick one right now. <sighs> it is in Buffalo, so that should help you a little bit. Let's go with the Bills then. Okay. So then moving on, we got a battle of two completely different franchises. We got the Miami Dolphins traveling to Foxborough to take on those New England Patriots. The Patriots are still playing for the two seed. The one seed is locked up by the Baltimore Ravens. Do they get the job done against those lonesome, lonesome Dolphins? Didn't the Dolphins beat them already this year? I can't remember. They beat them last year in the Miami Miracle. That's what it was. I'm going to go off on a, on, a, on a really, really large limb here. I'm going to say I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think there's some sloppy, sloppy uh, work in... Uh, on the Patriots side, and it's going to be a it's going to be a squeaky win. 
Dominic always has to pick at least one shitty team to win this week, and the Dolphins seem to be that team. Next up, we got another NFC North matchup. The Chicago Bears taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings uh, locked in as the five or locked in as the sixth seed. So nothing really to play for for them as well. They lost to Green Bay last week, trying to bounce back against the Chicago Bears there at home. So that should help them. Dominic, who do you got in this one? I think I'll go with Minnesota still. I think uh, Chicago, I, I think this year is definitely their shit year. I think uh, um, they'll bounce back better next year, so I think I'll go with Minnesota. Any cause for concern with Minnesota and that loss last week? Is it a sign of things to come when they play good teams? I mean, it, it's, 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 there's always that, that uh, you know, when you play a good team, you definitely got to be firing all cylinders. Um, like I said, though, earlier... Rodgers hasn't really been playing all that well, so I mean they had a chance to beat Green Bay, um, but you got to be on your A game, especially when you play good teams. Chicago can be a good team, but lately they haven't. Then we go out west for the Los Angeles Chargers, who take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs can go up to the two seed with a win and a New England loss. All right, well I believe they're they have the tiebreaker. I think I don't know, but you know winning it in simple. Dominic, does Kansas City get it done against the Chargers? You know, um, you know how you said, uh, you know they can move up with a win and a New England Patriot loss. I think they move up. I think they beat the Rams. New England loses, and the Chiefs move up in their uh, seating. So I think I'm with the Chiefs. All right, then we got uh, some Midwest action. We got the Cleveland Browns, a disappointment taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cleveland Browns almost had a shot of at least surviving till the last week. Everything that they needed to happen did happen, except for the easy part. They didn't get the win against the Baltimore Ravens. Which is pretty sad. But, that being said, I think I'll still go with the Browns in this game. The Cincinnati Bengals have the number one pick already locked up, so they could play... Maybe the coaches aren't going to outright tank this game. Maybe we can actually try to win. You know, end the season on a high note. Where, are they playing in Cleveland or Cincinnati? In Cincinnati. If you're the Bengals, you want to go hard. So I think, you know, they'll shoot for the win, but, you know, I'll, I'll probably still go with, with Cleveland, you know. Then OBJ, we, Baker Mayfield, you know, should be good. Then we got the New Orleans Saints taking on the Carolina Panthers. Saints trying to – they can get a win a one seed if the 49ers lose and they win. So they should, as long as they get a win, are guaranteed a bye week. Do they get it done against the Carolina Panthers, who are kind of, you know, stumbling as of this moment? Stumbling is lack of a better term. They have been shitting bricks. And I still so prosperous go. in the beginning of the season. Them and the Lions, we, we thought they could do some something good. Yeah, and we did. It, it didn't happen. And just like, you know, I think we do that every year. Like, oh, this team really looks really good. And then next thing you know... uh we're talking about totally different teams. Um, I'll still go with the Saints. Um, with the possibility of adding Antonio Brown, you know. But probably not. But I'll, I'll I mean, the, the thought Saints. of Antonio Brown, if you can get his shit together, him and Mike Thompson, Mike Michael Thomas on either side with Alvin Kamara, that could be really scary. Shout out Michael Thomas. And a good quarterback like Drew Brees, yeah, that'd be terrifying. It would be very terrifying. It would be. So are you going to go with the Saints to get that dub? I did say go with the Saints. Okay, I'm just making sure. So pretty much you have everybody who needs to get a win getting the win. Then now we got some teams that don't matter at all. Well, I picked the Dolphins, so. Well, you know, 
Sorry. Yeah. Shows that I don't pay attention to, even no. though the answers are literally right in front of my face. Yep. The Falcons taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. The Falcons have announced that they're going to bring Dan Quinn back for another year in 2020. The Falcons, pretty hot. They're doing pretty well at the end of the season. After starting off like utter shit, do they get it done against Tampa Bay and Jameis? Do we get the good Jameis or bad Jameis? It's going to be good Jameis. But I'm still going to go with the Falcons. All right, then we got a matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, this one is intriguing for the Raider fans because, for some reason, the Indianapolis Colts game matters in terms of tiebreakers and strength of schedule. So the Raiders need the Indianapolis Colts to get a win along with Tampa Bay or Tennessee and Pittsburgh and themselves. The dog over here is growling and it's really distracting me. So <laughs> Raiders need the Indianapolis Colts to get a win. Dominic, do they do it against Jacksonville? Yes, they will. The reason I'm I'm not saying that I mean yeah, okay, yes, I'm a Raiders fan. But I still think that they can I think the Colts will squeak out that victory. Then we got the Philadelphia Eagles who beat those Dallas Cowboys last week. And we're going to get through the Cowboys, but the Philly, the Phillies, or the Philadelphia Eagles, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them, they're yeah. from Philadelphia. Phillies. They hold their fate in their own hands. They just got to win, and they're in against the New York Giants. Do they do it, or do they make it interesting by losing and seeing what the Cowboys do? That's a hard question. Who do you, Brandon, what are your thoughts about this game? I think Philly is going to get the job done. They need to get it done, and I think both them and the Cowboys will win, but the Cowboys will just come up just... They will not make it because Philly has a better record, and Philly has been doing pretty good lately. So I will give them the win. I mean, I kind of thought they were going to win last week. They did get the job done. As the Giants, you know, they did have a really good showing last week, but they were playing the Washington racial slurs. So... And I think the Philly defense is coming, not, you know, they're not you know, a great defense by any means, but I think they're getting the job done. They're doing some good work right now. So I'm going to go the complete opposite. I think, you know, I think they're going to end up shit in the bed or whatever's going to happen, and they're going to screw themselves over, and they're going to have to leave it up to the Cowboys shit in the bed. So I think I'm going to go with Giants. All right, then moving on, we got the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. This matchup doesn't really matter in terms of playoffs or anything, just, I guess, in terms of uh, picks and who ends up where. The Cardinals, they're kind of a shit team, but they're kind of heading in the right direction. The Rams went to the Super Bowl last year, lost. They've kind of fallen off. So if you were to pick a team right now, which one do you think has a brighter future? Cardinals. I mean... They got a really good quarterback. I think uh, if uh, if anybody has a brighter future, it's going to be the Cardinals, definitely. So do you think the Cardinals get it done against those Los Angeles Rams? The Cardinals got the win against the Seahawks last week. <laughs> Fucking dog, As dude. the dog tries to unplug it, the headset and mess up everything, and now the big dog comes around. Oh, God, this is a complete <laughs> another clusterfuck. This would not be the end of the year without something like this. Well, I said we could have done an old, a good old-fashioned truck podcast, but no, somebody gets all no gets all awkward. He's like, I don't want people no, to go because outside. next year like, we're doing, doing big things. We need to, we're going to have s- s- megastars in this house. Yeah, not your house, my house. They're going to start playing. I don't know if we should take a break or not. 
You know, we're going to press our luck. We're going to keep on going. So, Dominic, are you going to make a pick between Arizona and the Rams? I think I'm going to go with uh, go the Rams. I think the Rams, they've been really bad late this year, but I think they'll still, uh, I think they can get the win against the Cardinals at least. Next year, the Cardinals, I think, will will surprise a lot of people, though. All right, moving on, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens have locked up that one seed in the AFC. They are not going to play for anything. They have already announced that they're going to basically rest everybody. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. The Pittsburgh Steelers need to get a win, and they're in. The Raiders need Pittsburgh to lose. What is going to happen against Pittsburgh and the second stringers? of the Ravens. I, I'm, I'm hoping they lose. I mean, I just, you know, this isn't me. Well, okay, hang on. The, in, in defense of you, the Pittsburgh offense is kind of atrocious right now. They sit Doug Hodges. Mason Rudolph comes in. He does okay. Then Mason Rudolph goes down in the same game. So then they have to play with Duck Hodges. Mason Rudolph going on the IR. So they got to stick with Duck. He was okay, you know, the first time he played. But then now he ain't doing so hot. The Steelers kind of in the same boat as the Patriots, where their offense is not very good, but yet the defense is just kind of getting the job done. So, selfish question here. If the Raiders do get in, no home field advantage, right? They would be the number six seed, which means they cannot host any playoff game no matter what happens, because they're the lowest seed. Damn. Yes, I know. I saw somebody on my Instagram today being like, oh, I hope all this stuff happens because I just want one more game in Oakland. And then did That's you did you burst that bubble? I was not going to burst that bubble because I'm not that good of a friend, or I don't really know him all that well. Oh, it was Hochata Nata's baby daddy. Oh, you should have bursted that bubble. You should have definitely bursted that bubble because okay. then she would have saw how smart you are and she would have fell fallen in love with you. No, I would have just like DM'd her, be like, uh, they're not going to get a home game, dumbass. <laughs> just dryly and they just block them. <laughs> Uh, I'll still go with Pittsburgh losing, so I'll go with the Ravens still. All right, then we need, or I don't know why I'm saying we need, the Raiders need Tennessee to lose for them to jump over Tennessee and Pittsburgh. So Tennessee taking on Houston, a rematch of a matchup two weeks ago. This is not having to do anything with the division title. Houston already has that locked up, but Tennessee needs to win and they get in. It is going to be in Houston. Dominic, I think I already know where you're going to go because you're going to be a homer. Who do you got and why? Going to go with Houston. You thought I was going to go with Tennessee, huh? I mean, I already laid it up saying that you're going to be a homer. so. No, I want... I mean, don't get me wrong. I want the Raiders to make a playoff game. That will be, in my head, amazing. Um, you know, Tennessee loses. It'd be cool. Or Wait, they need Tennessee to lose? Tennessee needs to lose. Yeah, I mean... Oh! Never mind then. I, I never mind. I was gonna say they were gonna. I thought it was going against them. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tennessee loses. Okay. Then we got the Raiders traveling to Denver. Raiders need to win and well, not win in the end, but they and gotta that's, win. Okay. This is an an easy game for them to win. I don't know if it's an easy game. Denver has been doing pretty good lately. It's a trap game again. It is a it is a trap game in Denver, mile high. You you know, who knows what the weather is right now. It could be snowing and hailing and just be another clusterfuck. Yeah. Raiders did have a decent showing against the Chargers last week in LA. It was practically another home game for them. It's not going to be the same in Denver. 
I mean, I, I, the Raiders, I'll go, I think the Raiders can get it done. I think the Raiders, you know, actually I take that back. I think everything's going to fall in line and it's going to be like the Philadelphia game. It's only up to the Raiders. They have to win and they're in. And they're going to lose. I'm going Denver. All right. You will go with Denver. So the Raider guy who's basically given the Raiders like a 12-4 a and four record this year is going to pick against them on the last week of the season. Yes. All right. Then we move on to the Washington racial slurs going to Dallas. Dallas needs to win and Philly to lose for them to be in at 8-8. Eight and eight. Dominic, does Dallas win and do they get in? Dallas is going to win. But do they get in? No. Well, Why? Because Philadelphia is going to win. But you picked the Giants to win. Okay, your point? So you're just going to go against your own pick? Yeah. Okay. Is that redundant? I mean, you can do whatever you want. So officially, you're going to go with Dallas to get the win. Yes. Okay. All right. But you no, already... There's no rule book on this stuff, Brandon, so... I mean, you've already officially said the Giants are going to win, so you can't skate back on that one. Exactly. Once, once I highlight it... Once it's highlighted, it's done. Even though I highlighted the Raiders, and then you put the old switcheroo and said I'm going to pick the Broncos instead, so that's the, only, that's the only one that didn't count. Okay. And then finally, we got the Sunday Night Football game, the big game of the week, the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Seattle Seagulls. If the Niners win, they are into the number one seed and they win the NFC West. If Seattle wins, they get the NFC West title. If the everything falls where the Packers lose, the uh, Saints lose, then they will be the number one seed. So it could be either your number one seed or number five seed. It could be very, you know, it's a very crucial game. Both teams will make the playoffs, but this is very important for seeding. Who gets it done? I don't know. It's called Dominic's pick, so we got to know. As much as I would love for the Niners to have a high seed, you know, I think Seahawks get that dub. Even after they shit the bed against the Cardinals. If, yeah. they, if they beat the Cardinals, this would be just legit. Whoever wins gets the one seed. Whoever loses gets the five seed. But no, Seattle had to lose and make everything interesting. Yes, exactly. And the other thing, too, is, you know, Seahawks made some money moves. Adding a beast of a mode. And they brought back, what's his name? Tur- Turbin. Turbin? Yes, so they're going all 2011 on us. It's going to work out in their favor. Watch. What do you expect from Marshawn Lynch? I mean, he was just... Two touchdowns over 100 yards. And that has nothing to do with the fact that you picked him up on your fantasy team because for some reason you're still playing. How are you not playing? Season's over. Pinky Eddie's done. The CTE league is done. CTE? That is the league run by our friends over there, Trapdoor to Hell, Tyler Gunderson. Isn't that uh... who beat me in the in the playoffs first round? Even though I should have had a, a first round bye, I should have been the number two seed. But it's okay, I'm not salty. You're salty. Salty as fuck. How much money did you lose? Fifty. <laughs> you salty as fuck, girl. Shit. So pretty much, Dominic has everything kind of all the teams pretty much winning except for the New England Patriots. He has them basically falling down to a three seed. And then he has, for, I don't know what exactly his official pick is, but we'll just say that Dallas makes the playoffs at 8-8 eight eight because why not? Fuck it, right? Because Dallas fans 
our lucky motherfuckers. All right, then, before we get into the whole year-end stuff, we had basketball on Christmas, the tradition. Dominic, anything that really stood out to you? We got the Battle of L.A., the Clippers. You know, we have both teams. You have the Lakers making the winning the championship. I have the Clippers winning the championship. Mm-hmm. Clippers won this one. Oof. They're on fire right now ever since they got Kawhi and Paul George playing together. You, you, you a little, uh, little nervous? A little scared? Uh, you know, you know what's going to happen, right? Warriors can make the playoffs and they're going to win. The title. I mean, those poor Rockets, that they got no KD, no Clay, no Steph, still can't beat the Warriors. It's it's utterly embarrassing. Yeah, it's a sad, sad day. Travesty. So, kind of to mark the end of the year, Dominic, any you know thoughts on the basketball season headed into 2020? Any teams? I mean, the Heat, I know I'm a homer, even though I'm not from Miami, but the Heat, I think they're a very underrated, scary good team in the East right now. I think they're a team that not a lot of people are talking about because they don't have the superstar like Dwayne Wade anymore. Yes, they have Jimmy Butler, but he's kind of, you know, that second-tier superstar. Yes. And Philadelphia's kind of getting the job done. Giannis and the Bucks are getting the job done over there. Any, you know, not, no real surprise. I think the Mavs on in the West is probably another surprise on how well they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's a scary team. I don't think I want to, I wouldn't want to play. I mean, a team that I'm kind of like, that I was sleeping on early in the season, late season last year for the Jazz. Um, a surprisingly decent team. Looked over every year. Um, I, I think they're someone you got to keep their eyes on. And this isn't, this is legit, legitimately how I feel. You already know what I'm going to say. I think the Warriors, when Steph comes back, if they're content, if they have a chance to contend, I think they can get it done. I mean, and Clay with the possibility of Clay coming back early too, I really think that you got to what you got to keep an eye on the Warriors, especially if they keep winning. They've already lost 22 games or whatever. You honestly think they can make the playoffs with 30 losses? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. And you and that means they'd have to go, you know, on an ungodly run these next 3-4 months. Have we not seen that from the Warriors before? With Steph and Clay and KD. No. Steph and Clay. And Andre Iguodala. I mean, and Sean that, that, that Kevin Durant guy was pretty good when he was on the Warriors. I mean, fucking no one wants a cupcake on their team. It's fine. I mean, you weren't saying that last year, two years ago. Oh, fuck yeah. I was going crazy. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, we won the title. Oh, yeah, we won another title. And now I'm like, fuck that bitch. Okay, on that note, we will move on to our year-end retrospective. We don't really have any, you know, criteria. We're just kind of just going to bullshit back and forth, kind of talk some sports year-end stuff. We're going to talk about some wrestling year-end stuff. But first, you know, I just wanted to talk, you know, year-end review for Curveballs and Cherry Shots. It's a very interesting year. You know, we've traveled a lot we this did. year. We did a Tahoe podcast in January. We did. We went to Vegas. We went to Hell in a Cell. We can talk about those individual shows when we get to the wrestling talk. But, Dominic, you know, your thoughts on this year as a whole, curveballs and cherry shots, you know, the things we've done. Wait, didn't we do L.A.? That was the Survivor Series. Oh, man, it's all overlapped. Jesus. Um... And then also the sports. You know, we went to a lot of A's games. We saw a no-hitter at, like, midnight for some godly reason. We still yeah. stayed because I told you, once the Reds get a hit, we can leave. Never happened. Nope. 
and then we also saw the wild card game. So for both wrestling and sports, we've been there for very high highs very and low very lows. low lows. So what's the highest, Brandon, for you? The highest wrestling moment this year that we've witnessed? I mean, it has to be double or nothing. John Mox. I think I think I would go with John Moxley's debut as maybe the highlight of my year in terms of you know seeing something live mm-hmm. some sports wrestling it was just an unbelievable moment we thought we thought it was going to happen we didn't know for sure but uh just great great stuff the mike fires no hitter was great to see it was kind of a different feel you know there's like six thousand people there yeah. i'm tired it's like 11 o'clock it's cold but just to see history like that it's always fun to see what's shout your, out to A's access what, what's your lowest points I already know the bait. I already know your sports one. <laughs> well, the sports one is probably the A's losing in the wild card again. Probably didn't help, but you know, I was a little inebriated at the time, so you know, I was a little, little in my feelings. But then another point where I was a little inebriated, you know, I've noticed a lot of these moments, except for the Mike Fires one. I don't think I drank at all that day, but the uh, Hell in a Cell pay per view in October, you know, we got a chair. That's yep. all you wanted. Th- I think that was the high point. That was the. It all started. I mean, we started off super high. You know, we were basically front row, even though it was like row three or five or whatever. And then that shit show happened. Thank God I was a little, little buzzed. Made th- it a little better. I think for me, I think the high point for my wrestling year. Um, I'm kind of torn. I kind of did really enjoy uh, Double or Nothing. Like just like you. Hold on, can I can I guess what your high point was? What? Meeting Shane Helms. No. Um. Although I'm surprised your high point was meeting Scarlet. Eh, you know she was she was okay. She's okay. I mean she looked great, but you know it wasn't like yeah. this magical moment where um, like we had a 20 minute conversation. She was so likable. Ooh, bubbly. you know what? I stopped myself from saying something really stupid. I'm proud of myself. Um. Well, now you have to say it. I was gonna say my high my high point was uh uh New Japan at the Cow Palace. You did go to the to a New Japan show. It wasn't the best New Japan show in the world. I would say the show I went to at SF State was a better show just because I felt like it actually meant more. You yeah. know, there was matches that actually meant something, it was a part of a tournament. Super J Cup. We're gonna talk about Will Ospreay in a little bit, but mm-hmm. I thought the match maybe that match he had was show we're, we're supposed to be talking about sports, and yes, we've just been talking about wrestling the past few minutes. Well, no, we're, we're doing your high points we're, for both. We're being selfish oh, and, just, and just talking about ourselves. We'll I mean, it's our fun. podcast. We do what the fuck exactly. we want. Um, so I guess I guess so then, I guess. I guess I have to agree with you. High point was, I'm going to say all that whole weekend we had, because it, it was a lot of highs for me, because it was my first time on a plane, my first time doing meet and greets. I got to meet Sting, who is probably by far my favorite wrestler of all time um i got to meet young i got to meet nwo young bucks meet rikishi shane helms met just a plethora of people um and then not to mention the actual event double or nothing i think was probably the best pay-per-view i went to this year um sports moment i mean like you said i've been to a lot of a's games Mike Fires no hitter was. I think a close second for me with sports. It's not really sports related, but it probably would just be that entire Rupert float day. Oh, <laughs> that was a low point for me. Um, Memorable day, never forget. So uh, shout out Jerkson Profar's wife makes so, great yep 
luscious Rupert floats. Yeah, so I would I would have to go I would agree with you that um you know, would be Mike Fires no hitter, probably highlight of my sports year. Um the low point for sports you know, like I just said, Lou Rupert float day. Let's just say um thank God for Jack in the Box. Um another low point though is game is losing. Um we didn't really do any other sporting events, huh? You know, usually we do, like, you know, San Jose Barracuda games or, you know, maybe a football game. But we didn't do any other sports this year, huh? Well, when we go to 30 A's games and we went to, like, you know, a weekend full of wrestling, it's you know, it's kind of hard to fit some other stuff in there. Yeah, that's, uh, I just realized that. But, um, but, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I guess a low point, you know, was root beer float day. Just, just. Because of what happened at the end, going home, um, and the A's losing the wild card, and then low point for wrestling, of course, has to be Hell in a Cell, because you know I've n- out of all the wrestling events I've been to, I've never seen a crowd react that bad at the end of it. So yeah, there we go with that. All right, so then we're gonna. Now let's, let's stick just to sports. Now we will stick to sports. We're gonna. I don't think we really want to do like a year-end sports talk. I mean, you know, we can do player of the year, team of the year, but I think it's a lot more fun to talk about like the decade. Yeah. It is very hard to determine. You know, what do you evaluate more? Like consistency, if they were there the entire year, the peak. So what I did is I kind of pulled up all three major sports. We got football, baseball, and basketball. Everybody kind of has their own all-decade team. Yeah. So we're going to start off with baseball. And this one, it's uh, kind of all over the place. So for the catcher position, they have Buster Posey being all-decade catcher and Yadier Molina being the runner-up. Mm-hmm. I can see arguments for both sides. Yadier was there the entire year, consistent, you know, great defensive catcher. Pretty good, I mean, damn good uh, offense or, yeah, offensive catcher. But Buster Posey, I would say his highs were very high. He had the MVP. He has the three World Series. I don't have a. I don't have a. Uh, I'm not against Buster Posey being the old decade catcher. You know, we were talking about this. I think, but before we we got on the, on the what, almost said on the air. Is this technically on the air? Yeah, we're live to tape. Okay, so uh, and then we talked about this before, and uh, you know, I had I'm our the production one that, meeting at uh, yes. In and Out, and I'm the one that brought up. What about Molina? So, then again, you know, Molina is a World Series champion. Um, I don't think he, he has some gold gloves. Um, for me, I can understand why Posey did it. I just feel like Posey's injury in 2011 really, um, to me, is, is what makes it him not all dickhead. And that's why I would go with Molina instead. All right, so then moving on to first base. They on ESPN. I don't know if this is the exact, you know, real mm-hmm. announced team, but they have Joey Votto being the first baseman. They got Miguel Cabrera and Paul Goldschmidt as runner-ups. I would pick Miguel Cabrera. Yes, I know the Triple Crown might be an, an outdated award, but yeah. I just think, you know, he was such a such a monster at least like those first 5-6 years. You know, he's kind of fallen off a little bit recently. He's kind of older. Uh, Joey Votto, I think if you look at the advanced statistics, he's been damn good this year. But uh, Paul Goldschmidt, as well, maybe a little under the radar because he did play for Arizona. 
But for my pick, I will go with Miguel Cabrera. Dominic, do you have any qualms with Joey Votto? Or is there somebody else on the list? I, ju- I just feel like, I mean, I, mean, I know Joe, Joey Votto's been, you know, very consistent, but I just feel like, I feel like Miguel's just, to me, he's just all around better. Um, I, I mean, I, and Goldschmidt, to me, he, he's, he's a household name, but I feel like when you, when you talk about first baseman, you, you automatically think of Cabrera. I mean, Miguel Cabrera was probably the best hitter in the world yeah. those first, you know, five years yeah. of the decade. So, I mean, he was such a, a monster. I would have got to go with him. So then moving on to second base, we got uh, Robinson Cano being the winner, according to ESPN. The other person, that would, the other people that would be considered would be Jose Altuve and Ian Kinsler. I can see the justification for Robinson Cano. He played for the Yankees. He was a damn good player, probably, you know, one of the best hitting second baseman there was. I would personally go with Jose Altuve. Yes, I know he didn't play. I don't know exactly when he started playing this decade, but, you know, he kind of came on later. Robert Zucchino was definitely the top second baseman in the beginning of the year. Jose Altuve was the top second baseman in the second half of the year. I would say I would give the edge to Jose Altuve. Yes, there is the cheating scandal going on with the Astros, but I think also Miguel C- or Robinson Cano has the steroids linked to him, which I think downgrades him. I will go with Jose Altuve. Ian Kinsler, he's cool, but my pick would be little Jose. What about Joe Panic? Oh, he's not on there? No. Um, Altuve is cool. Kinsler's cool. Um, Cano... Yeah, I, I'll probably have to agree with you, um, just because this whole cheating thing just came out, and uh, he's not linked to anything else. I, so I think I'll probably go with, I'll have to agree with you and go with Altuve. Then on to the shortstop, we got Francisco Lindor being the winner, with Anderton Simmons, Troy Tulowitzki, and Carlos Correa as the other considerations. I love Correa. He just, I don't think he, he didn't play enough. I can see Francisco Lindor. I think, I don't know, for me personally, when I heard shortstop and I was thinking, I think the first person that came to my mind was And Andrelton Simmons. You know, he's a great shortstop defensively. He's really good offensively as well. I think it just kind of depends on what you value more in a shortstop. Andrelton Simmons defensively, especially when he was on the Braves, just an absolute beast. I don't have any qualms with either one of them. Personally, I think I would lean towards Simmons. I think since he is on the Angels and not doing so hot, they're kind of overlooking him. I'd go with Simmons, but I got no qualms with Lindor. So, didn't I just talk about this off the air? Wasn't it like Brandon Crawford, Lindor, Jalewski, or somebody else? I'm just going off what it says on ESPN, Dominic. If you want to talk about your boy, Brandon Crawford, you can go oh, and talk no, about I, your boy. I, I just feel like Brandon Crawford, it, it's the same situation like Buster Posey. You know, he, he, the highs are high, you know, and he's gold, multiple gold, gold glove winner. Um, I, I, I honestly think Brandon Crawford could be, a you know, shortstop of the decade. Um, but Lindor, I understand. I, I, I mean... I'd have no problem with Drew Lewiski either, um, but uh, that's just how I feel, honestly. All right, so now moving on, we got the third base, Andrew, 
Adrian Beltre getting the victory over Josh Donaldson, Evan Longoria, and Nolan Arenado. I mean, Adrian Beltre, he's a monster. Josh Donaldson, I love him. He's one of my favorite Oakland A's players of all time, but I just don't think, you know, his his reign was that long. I think I would give it to either Nolan Arenado or Adrian Beltre. Yes, Belcher retired, so, you know, he can say, oh, he didn't play the last few years, so how can you really give it to him? I think I would lean towards Nolan. I know, you know, I kind of ignored Tulo. Maybe it's because of the inflated stats from Colorado. But I think Nolan, probably the best defensive player in general in the league right now. I would go with him. Yes, I know he's a little recency bias, but I think I'd go with Nolan over Beltre. I think I'll stick with Beltre. I mean, from... Everything on the field, off the field, I think there's no one better to represent not just MLB, but, you know, like, he to me, he's the face of the franchise. Um, you know, he, there, there's a, I don't think he was all that quick running-wise, but other than that, I mean, he still can make those defensive plays. He was always in a good mood. He's always joking around. To me, that's what baseball is about is about going out there and having fun and i feel felt that with Beltre. so yeah and even when he was in his later years he was still never like a bum he was still really good he was you know great offensively pretty good defensively but it is what it is i mean it's all just speculation and just personal opinion so then moving on to the outfield we got mike trout mookie betts and andrew mccutcheon getting the victory some other people you can say, you know, John Carlos Stanton, uh, Bryce Harper. There's some other ones that you could pick. We got some barking spiders in the house. Got to take care of those. But the <laughs> outfield, I think Mike Trout, clear cut. I th- I have him on here. I don't know if we're gonna talk about it, but player of the decade. I think Mike Trout, clear cut, best player of the decade I for mean, baseball. Yeah, there, so there's, there's really no, yeah, pick, there's no really no argument that yeah. he's there. I think the other two with Mookie Betts and Andrew McCutcheon are up for debate. I would say Kutch should be in there. Mookie, I really like Mookie. I think maybe I would put Bryce Harper in there. Yes, I know I might be a little biased because I love Bryce Harper. But, eh, it is what it is, Dominic. Do you have any opinions on the outfield all-decade team? I don't know. I don't think so because, I mean, hmm. No, I, I I would probably I think I'm fine with it. I mean, there's to me there's no uh, no bigger names than what they have on that list. So. And then for DH or utility or flex, whatever you want to call it, they have Miguel Cabrera. But I think I would argue that Miguel Cabrera should be the first baseman, and I would say as the DH flex player, I would have to go with David Ortiz, as in that position. Dominic. Your thoughts on who should be, you know, that flex player or DH? Um, it's kind of a tricky situation because Miguel Cabrera, I think, could be there. David Ortiz could be there, but I don't know. Um, who who? Uh, okay, besides those two, who else would do you think could could take that 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 top spot? They also have Nelson Cruz, 
Uh, you know, it's the other second place people like Donaldson or Goldschmidt. I don't know why they're giving so much love to Donaldson. Like, I love him, but I mean, I just don't feel like his height with the A's and the Blue Jays are great. He's He fell off two years ago. He came back this year, but I don't know. I just think David Ortiz, yes, he hasn't played these last few years, but I think his impact, especially with the Red Sox, as they won the World Series. I know I kind of knocked Adrian Beltre, but I just think if you're going to make this like a DH, I would have to have David Ortiz on there. I I mean I I couldn't agree more. I mean I I would be happy with either one. Let's put it that way. And then moving on to the pitchers, they got their starting rotation being Clayton Kershaw. No debate. Yep, that that's fine. Justin Verlander. That's fine. Max Scherzer. That's fine. Madison Bumgarner. Yep. Yep. And then the last person I think that you can argue, Chris Sale. Great on the White Sox. Mm. Pretty good on the Red Sox. Mm. The other people that they left out, Zach Greinke, David Price, Cole Hamels, John Lester. You got Corey Kluber, Jacob DeGrom. You got some other people of that ilk. I think those first four, no-brainers. I think that last one, that fifth spot, is the one that is up for debate. I mean, Chris Sale, I think we kind of forget early on when he was on the White Sox. He was just dominant. And yes, he's fallen off a little bit these last few years with the Red Sox, but I don't have any qualms with him being... That fifth place uh, starter. I feel like that five spot with Sale is so interchangeable, though. I mean, Grank, even with Granky and John Lester, phenomenal years. And then as soon as they got traded, they fell fell off. Um, you know, same with Madison Bumgarner. Stud. And then his last maybe two seasons, he kind of really fell off the wagon. So for me... Most of that fifth spot, you can interchange anyone that's been left out. I'm not upset with any any of those choices. All right, then moving on to the relief pitcher, we have. Apparently, I left this. Did I leave the seat up in the bathroom, studio audience? I did. I know. I thought I put it down, but it's whatever. You know, I can go leave right now. Dominic can talk about the relief pitchers. And I can go put it down. All right, I'm gonna take a quick commercial break. But, but I don't, I, I don't know the relief pitchers. They have Craig Craig Kimbrell winning with maybe Kenley Jansen and Araldis Chapman being in the second spot. Dominic, who do you think should be the relief pitcher of the decade? Okay, well, you know, if I had to, you know, think about relief, what is? Well, let, 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 let's define the word relief here. You know, it's to relieve. I don't know. I cannot control this podcast. Um, I'd probably go with Chapman. Um, there, you know. I, well, wait. Is relief not closing? I mean, I'm asking the question. You're not even. You're not even fucking here. <laughs> oh, that's hella funny. Relief is whatever you want it to be, Dominic. Closer, relief pitcher, middle guy. Who they say the relief of the year or decade was? Craig Kimbrell. No. Why? Why? Why would you not put a, one of the most dominant closers of all time in there? Rivera. I think it's Craig Kimbrell and Aurel's Chapman, and there's no debate. It's those two. No. If you want to pick one, then. No. Okay. Whatever. Rivera. Moving on. Rivera. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about the NFL all decade. Why can't cheap in the seat down? Like what the fuck? Because it's that's way too hard. You can just use your foot and just knock it down. But that's studio audience, you know. Gotta make everything so much more difficult. This is Are all you happy that you're YouTube, back, Dominic? What? Are you happy that the studio audience is back? Yeah. Yeah. 
excited that you get just can't hide it huh all right so we're going to kind of quickly go through the nfl team we got the quarterback being tom brady uh, no, no no real debate. debate there no debate uh then running back adrian peterson no debate mm. i mean who else would you put in that list i'm thinking frank gore no I think his his height be, you know, you can also put Marshawn Lynch in there, beast mode. Yeah, that's another person that is on the list in the flex spot. I guess I guess if you're going, the deck, yeah, okay, I guess you go with AP. Then in the wide receiver spot, they got Julio Jones and Antonio Brown. I would say you should put Megatron in that conversation mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I mean Michael Thomas, yes, he's. I mean Michael Thomas only been here a few years, so I don't think you really put him. In that conversation, but Mark Cooper. I mean, Mark Cooper has been pretty good. Devonta Adams has been pretty good, but I mean, I got no real qualms with Antonio Brown just because he has been there since 2010. Uh, Julio Jones has been there since 2011, so they've all been there throughout the entire decade. So okay, yeah, I think I, they're. I, I'll give it to them then. Yeah. I mean, you can't really say f- no to an Antonio Brown just because of all the bullshit he did this year, but yeah, I guess I'm cool with that. Then tight end Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski. Gronk. Gronk is the tight end. Gronk. No real debate there. Right, you know, down. I could go over the tackle guards and center, but I don't think Dominic yeah. really knows much about them. Nope. So then we're going to go over to the defense. we got the edge rushers, J.J. Watt and Von Miller. Seems pretty legit. Yeah. yeah. Then we got the interior linemen. we got Aaron Doddle and Geno Atkins. That's Do you know who Geno, Geno Atkins is, Dominic? Oh, yeah. Big fan. Of? I'll give you a hand. He plays on a cat team. Panthers. The Bengals. Damn. Then the linebackers, we got Luke Kiki, Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, and Levante David. That's fine. Good for them. And then cornerback Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman. Safeties yep. Earl Thomas, Eric Berry. Yep. And Darrell Revis as another DB. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we, we can skip it. This is it wasn't as uh, fruitful as the baseball talk. So now we're going to get into the basketball discussion. You know, these Oof. are what basketball is built upon. Just all these, you know, who's the greatest, who's the... Yep. You know, who's the GOAT right now? So This is on the official NBA website. So this is who they've picked. All-decade first team. We got Steph Curry, KD, LeBron James, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard. I would agree with all of them, but I would say that I could see James Harden getting the boot. I would have to agree. Um... So now, if you want me to, I can read the second team, and if you want to say who you would replace him with. Okay, let's do this. We got yes, yes. Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Blake Griffin. I think if you're going to switch any of them... Anthony Davis. I would say, yeah, probably put Anthony Davis in there, especially since you have, uh, you know, Steph... I mean, you don't really have another guard, but then you also don't really have a center. So you could put AD in there. As, well, okay, so my thing is... Who would you okay if you if you're gonna do just a guard who would you who would you transfer Westbrook or Paul? I would I really like Russell Westbrook. Yes, I know he gets a lot of shit for being a ball hog and doing all this stuff. Yeah. But I, I kind of like how he plays a little bit more than how James Harden plays. And I, I mean, I, I guess I, you would have Russell bring the ball up, and you would have KD and Steph trying to get open. You'd have Kawhi and LeBron downstairs. I mean, honestly, so. if I would have this team, I would have LeBron be the point guard. Just run downhill and just mow down everybody, because he's LeBron James. Because he's LeBron James. LeBron James. Okay. But um, yeah, I would I would switch out 
Harden for Anthony Davis. And then they have a third team. Really? I don't know. We had my boy, Dwayne Wade. I think Dwayne Wade got a little disrespect. <laughs> he needs to be up a little bit higher than that. I know he got, he retired. <laughs> he was an old man that last half, but yeah. I mean, those early years with the Heat, I mean, come on. We got Kobe. I mean, he's Kobe. How's on. Kobe on the third string? I mean, he I mean, he was Kobe. He, he played. I guess he was more in the, the, you know. I mean, he was he was Kobe, but he was on a bunch of shit teams. Yeah. Then we got uh, Paul George, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think if Giannis, you know, played two, three more years, he would probably be on the first team or second team. But obviously, he just hasn't played long enough to be you know on those teams. The, the, I, maybe this is me just being a Warrior fan, but where's Clay Thompson in this? I mean, he has plays great defense. He's a great three-point shooter. I mean. Where, why is he not on any of these lists? I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I would maybe take out Carmelo Anthony. I mean, I just don't really think. But, of, see, look, but I wouldn't take out Carmelo and put Clay in Carmelo's spot. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you go down this list and you kind of t- try to take someone out. I mean, Kobe. You know, I love Kobe, and we still got a case of the barking spiders back there. Uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, maybe take, maybe take Kobe out. But I think Kobe, I kind of forget like how great he was the beginning of the year uh well that's the thing the the, 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 this is from 09 to 19 right it's from 2010 2019 dominic the wrong decade huh yeah you start the decade off with zero. Oh, you do not nine. No. Oh. because you know zero counts as one year oh ending the year off with me being stupid still um wouldn't have it any other way. When was the last title Kobe won? Was it 2010? I don't know, Dominic. You're going to make me look all that stuff up on the fly? Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to get Clay Thompson on there. And I know Kobe, you know, the early part of the 2000s, unstoppable. He was the GOAT. Kobe did win in 2010, so he is a champion this decade. So do you go with... So do you keep see my? I think you keep Kobe on there. I mean, he was. I think Kobe's Kobe. Dwayne Wade's Dwayne Wade. I mean. I mean, I would put Dwayne Wade honestly on the second team over Chris Paul. I mean, I know Chris Paul. He's great. He's a great passer and everything. But I just think those early years with the Heat, Dwayne Wade was an animal. And yes, maybe you know the back half wasn't as great as what Chris Paul is doing right now. But I mean, we're also putting Kobe on here and Carmelo Anthony and people who definitely peaked the first five years in the last five years. I still think Clay Thompson should be on there somewhere. I mean, I ain't, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hate on you. I don't know. But I just think if you have, I mean, if we're just going off the guards, you have Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Steph Curry. Would you take Russell Westbrook out or Chris Paul out? Ooh. If we're gonna keep the old men, D Wade and Kobe in there. Oh well, yeah. Um, Chris Paul Westbrook. If it was my honest opinion, I'll take Westbrook out. Okay, what 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 puts Chris Paul over Russell Westbrook? And seeing that that's a I hard mean they th- both basically have kind of this. You can say Russell Westbrook. I mean he made a finals. They might have lost, but he gets the stats. Yes, they both have playoff history or lack thereof, but at least Russell Westbrook I think gets the stats and backs it up a little more than. Chris Paul does. I just feel like Chris Paul is all has always been. Cons- I mean, I'm gonna, we're talking about consistency with Russell Westbrook, but Chris Paul's always been 
that, you know, it's always that dagger. No matter what team he's been on, who they're playing, he's always that, you know, when he was on the Clippers, that that run with the Clippers, fuck, I hated playing them. He was always a thorn in the side. He was always making those shots. He was always dishing the ball off to whoever, lobbing it up DeAndre, lobbing it up to, to Blake, you know, always getting open. He was a pain in the ass. Um, Westbrook, on the other hand, um, a lot of key injuries. Um, you know, I, I, just, I, just, I just don't like Westbrook on this list. I rather have Clay, and you can even put Clay third string. You could put D, D Wade second string. I just think it'd be you know, I, I either one of them I don't mind, but Clay I think deserves it more than both of them. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just our opinion. But it's we're gonna every, continue. Everybody's someone's gonna say no. Clay sucks balls. It's okay. It's your opinion. I don't care. And we're gonna continue with doing stupid shit like this as we go to the wrestling portion. So this one, we're gonna, on the wrestling side, we're going to talk more about yearly stuff, but yep, we will yep, talk yep, about yep. some decade stuff at the end. Uh, show of the year, I think we probably were going to both agree that we attended the show of the year. We could say that we're being a little bit biased, but I think a lot of people have been saying that Double or Nothing, AEW's inaugural show, was the best show of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have any argument with that. I mean, I don't think it's really a bias because we attended. I just think it's... It's common knowledge that that was probably the best show of the year. I mean, it was pretty much... Well, I guess there was that botch with the Yoshi match. But other than that... And then I think this one is where we're going to have a little more discussion. Match of the year. It. We have some contenders. Dominic can throw in anyone if he wants. we got Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, ending to take over New York. The first match they had, Cody and Dustin... At Double or Nothing, Young Bucks Lucha Bros at Double or Nothing, Tanahashi Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, Kofi Kingston winning at WrestleMania, a Will Ospreay against Shingo Takagi. I think any Will Ospreay match should be on the Match of the Year contender. Dominic, what is your pick of Match of the Year? I mean, do I go with the typical easy answer with Kofi winning? Do I go with a, you know, trying to be cool and be like, oh... Cole and Gargano, or, you know, Dustin and Cody, or, you know, something like that. No, I don't know, Dominic. Please tell me. What would you, you t- pick? Dominic, I mean, you I, you're, pro- you're probably going to pick Will Ospreay. Huh. I was not going to pick Will Ospreay. Who are you going to pick? I am picking Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, NXT TakeOver in New York. I thought that match was fantastic. It gave me, you know, I was on the edge of my seat. I... Didn't get emotional. I didn't cry, but I did get a little bit emotional. I thought just Johnny Gargano going through all the shit with the Undisputed Era. Maybe the story wasn't as good as Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, but I just thought two out of three falls, I think it's probably the best two out of three falls match I've ever seen. I hate the concept, but I think they did make it work. They told a great story within the match, and then at the end of the day, I think it gets a boost because it is the babyface finally becoming champ. You could say that about Kofi, but I thought that this match was fantastic as well. Cody and Dustin, I think, is getting a lot of love as well, but I think I just kind of give it the extra oomph because I kind of felt the same way I felt in the Cody-Dustin match, but I was on my couch, so it should, you know, be a little amplified, and it was a title match, and, you know, all the different emotions, but I have no qualms if someone wants to pick Cody or Dustin. See, 
with the way you just explained um how you feel about Gargano and Cole, I think I felt with Kofi. Um being the fact that Babyface going against at the time was a really hated heel. Daniel Bryan, this that the new Daniel Bryan gimmick, the you know, Earth's hero, Daniel Bryan, whatever you wanna whatever his shtick was. Um you know, people really hated it. Even you know, even though they're still going the yes movement and all that kind of stuff, you know, he was trying to stay away from it. Um didn't get em like you said, didn't get emotion I didn't get you know, wasn't crying, but I was like, damn, he finally achieved it. You know, it was a very unreal moment. Um, I think people talked about how it was WWE writing the wrong about Booker T losing at what WrestleMania was that eighteen, seventeen? Something like that? Nineteen. Nineteen. Um almost had it. Um but I also feel like it was also the right timing, how he luckily just they just threw him in and people loved it and they just kept feeding off of it. Um pissed off how he lost it. That's a whole other story. Um but I think I'll have to pick Kofi and that's just because you know, long time coming, well deserved Nobody better to have it than him. Um, the Cody Dustin match to me should not be on the list. Hot take from Dominic. Wyatt. I don't think that match. I understand there was a lot of like build to it. I understand that. To me, the match did not deliver. The promo after match was promo of the year to me. I just I think we have to agree to disagree because. I thought that match was fantastic. I think it was the best match I've ever seen. I thought the story they told leading into it with Cody trying to kill the Attitude Era, you know, brother versus brother. I thought, you know, you would connect with this a little more. You know, we both have brothers. I thought you would, you know, feel this. You know, you're a younger brother. I'm an older brother. See, see, the the issue I had with it was I just felt like it was very... And, and again, I, underst- I understand it, but in in my mind at that moment, I was thinking damn, this is just Cody getting over beating the fuck out of his brother, you know? And this is where it all started, where Dominic said that AEW's just going to be putting the elite guys over. Yep. Moving on. Never been more wrong in my life. I mean, I think you've been wrong a few times about some things. But I don't think I had to... Anyways, we're going to move on to wrestler of the year. Some contenders. Adam Cole, Chris Jericho, Kofi Kingston, Cody Rhodes, Johnny Gargano, Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay, Nick Aldis, Okada, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. Dominic, who is your wrestler of the year? Oh, we're mixing men and women? Jeez. Just, I mean, if you want to say who's the man and who's the woman of the year, go ahead if you want to. Let's do that. Let's do men and then women. Um, I think for men, I think, I think if you're going to go household name, One titles, storylines, ability. I think wrestler of the year has to be Kenny Omega. Someone who I'd even put on the list. Yep. Because I thought Kenny had such a down year compared to everything else. Yes, I know he might have had like the greatest two-year run of matches that anyone's ever seen. But just in my opinion, I don't think it was and you're picking Will Ospreay. I am uh, picking Will Ospreay yeah. because Will Ospreay had a fantastic year. He had great matches with Okada and pretty much everybody in the G1, Shingo Takagi, Dragon Lee. He's going to have a 
great fucking match against Hiromu Takahashi next week at Wrestle Kingdom. Dominic, don't fall asleep just because you don't watch New Japan and you don't appreciate it like I do. Will Ospreay, I think, is by far and away. A bitch. I mean, I love Will Ospreay. If you've been looking on his Instagram, he's been playing that stupid six-second blink game on Instagram like the entire time. He has like a thousand stories about it. He still hasn't got it. He's came close. So I'm with you, Will. I don't understand. It's a timer. You have to blink at exactly six seconds. It's is like, it a game? Yes. It's like a face filter. You have to blink at six seconds. Do I win anything if I do it? Adulation from the crowd. I'll try it. So, Dominic, you say Kenny Omega. I say Will Ospreay. My woman of the year, I think it's very similar. To, I think it's probably the same person I said last year. Nyla week. Rose. Not Nyla Rose. Oh. I will go with Becky Lynch. She had a phenomenal early part of the year. I think the summer, I think people kind of scoff at it because they had the match with Lacey Evans, but I think it showed how good she was because I think Lacey Evans had the best matches of her career against Becky Lynch. I mean, we've seen her have a maybe the worst match of the year against Charlotte. Sure. You know, she's had some matches with the other four horsewomen. I don't think they've been as good. I really did like the mixed uh, match, the mixed match elimination or extreme rules match they had with uh, Lacey Evans, Baron Corbin. Hopefully her promo with Asuka leading into Royal Rumble next year will reinvigorate Becky, and I think we will see Becky take on Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania, and that should be phenomenal. Man, re- female wrestler of the year. I think you can throw Tessa Blanchard I'd, in there as I well. I was thinking of her. Um, I think, honestly, it's between them two. It's actually, and you'd probably throw in Rhea Ripley as well, or I even th- Shayna Baszler. Well, I, I think I definitely would. I think I'd put Shayna Baszler over Rhea Ripley. I love Rhea. I just think Shayna's run the entire year as champ has been fantastic. Yeah. Maybe the greatest women's title reign I've ever seen. I just I loved it. You know, she's been a badass, very similar to her first run. But then I think it just made it that much better when Rhea beat her because yeah. Shayna finally you know showed fear and she was scared something we've never really seen from her to f- before. And I think Shayna Baszler is by far and away better than Ronda Rousey. And I'm hopefully, yes, she's a little, she's older. She's like, I think 40 or almost 40. Something like that. So hopefully she does get that call up to WWE and we can see what she's made of. I just hope to God Vince doesn't fuck her up. Yeah. But he probably will. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you go with Becky no matter what. But I wouldn't, if someone came up to me and said Shayna, Tessa. Who's second place? Probably Tessa. Which I don't. I mean, I agree with. I haven't seen a whole lot of her work. I've been paying attention. You know, she's gonna probably win their top male championship next year. Yeah, which is weird, but okay. You know, whatever. Gotta sh- shout out my girl, Mama Thickness, Jordan Grace. I don't know. I just gotta shout her out. Keep it in pants. Shout out Paige. Thank. Okay. Moving on. So now we're gonna go to the decade stuff. We got match of the decade and wrestler of the decade. We will go with match of the decade first. Uh, I didn't really, I don't have like a complete list, just some that kind of rattled off the top of my head. Cena versus Rock, the first one. Omega Okada, I would say the first one. Punk and Cena, Money in the Bank. Dominic, any other matches that you would throw out there, and what would be your pick of the match of the decade? Ooh. Match of the decade? I mean, God, there's so many. Literally 10 a week at least. Um,. Not saying ten matches of the decades. I'm saying ten matches a week at least. Um, I mean, oh god, I fucking don't know. 
Well, while you ponder that, I will go over my yeah. match pick of the decade. I will go, I know Donald's going to roll his eyes, but it, I would say it's going to be Omega Okada, the first yeah. one. No, I would say that fine. that was probably the best match I've ever seen. The story, and just not only that, it, I, I mean, I don't know if you can really apply this to be match, to make it a reason to be match of the decade, but I think the storyline and, you know, it leading into the other matches I thought was fantastic. Definitely, I would say, feud of the decade. And just the athleticism, the story, everything. It was just something I'd never really seen before. I mean, I would say maybe... I think Sydney Rock is getting kind of overlooked just because it happened in 2012. I really enjoyed that match. I think, you know, I know this was a list I came up with, but I really do like those three matches as being, like, the top three to pick from. You know, I think I'm either do the end of an era match. Taker, Triple H, Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania. You know, I think I, I really did like that match. I love that match. But I think if it was literally an end of an era, like if that was the last time we ever saw The Undertaker, I think it would mean so much more. Well, and, and, that, and that's the thing. To me, it to me it was the end of an era just because Triple H, well, he didn't stop. Taker didn't stop. Sean's come back. Um, but the, the lead-up, the brutality... Um, that the the whole match from top to bottom was great. Um, another one, a match that I have actually saw was when Kenny Omega won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship from Okada. So you're gonna go the last one, not the last one, but well, I might be the last one. I don't even fucking remember. Yeah. But the two out of three falls match where they won, they went like. 60, 70 minutes, mm-hmm. whatever. I think I love that match as well. I mean, I think all those matches that they had were. I think it's just the tier. outcome is what. So it's kind of like the it... Johnny Gargano thing with me for match of the year. Exactly. Yes. I, I can see that. But uh, moving on to wrestler of the decade, tough to really pick one. We got John Cena, Okada, Tanahashi, Jericho, Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. You know, I don't know if we can really put any women in there like Becky Lynch or anything just because it kind of has come on late. I think maybe I'd put Charlotte in there just because she has kind of been the top face of WWE for the longest out of all the women. But but the thing is, she didn't... None of the four horsemen really gained popularity up until they got really got called up, if you think about it. But if you think about it, that was like, what, late 2015, 2016? So almost a majority of the decade. But I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say any of them were wrestler of the decade. Dominic, who did you pick as wrestler of the decade? You know, call me old-fashioned. Gotta go with John Cena. I mean, he, from beginning of the year to end of the year, top-tier wrestler, gave his all. Even when he was Doctor of Thugonomics, when he went to this, the Fruity Pebble, whatever gimmick, whatever you want to call it, never give up thing, whatever. I, I still got behind it. I mean, I, I, I would all, I will always be a John Cena fan. And I don't disagree with you. I think the three people that I was deciding over who I would pick as wrestler of the decade, I think it was between Cena, Okada, and AJ Styles. I ultimately went with AJ Styles, kind of like a blending of both Cena and Okada. I think just the consistency of Styles all throughout the decade. You know, being a champion in TNA, in WWE, in New Japan. So, you know, three of the top five, you know, uh, 
promotions in the world he was a champion of, and especially that kind of middle run in New Japan, kind of the reason why I got into New Japan. I thought, I mean, if there was no AJ Styles in the Bullet Club, who really knows where we would be at with the popularity of the Bullet Club, uh, the Young Bucks, AEW, all this other good, fun Mm. stuff. I think Okada, fantastic wrestler, had maybe probably the best matches of the decade. The only reason I wouldn't go with Okada, honestly, is just when you think of a wrestler of the decade, to me, everybody knows John Cena. Some people know AJ Styles. Not a lot of people know Okada. If I'm thinking... But the last five, six years, Okada has probably had... I mean, maybe if you made a list, Okada's matches would probably be... You know, he'd probably have the top five or top ten matches of the last five years. And it would just be all him. See, but the thing is, to me, wrestler of the decade, are we only talking to wrestling fans, quote-unquote? Or are we saying... And that's what makes it so much fun. You, there's real no, uh, you know, there's no real list on what. You, well, there's no criteria. Yeah. On what makes someone a quote unquote person of the because decade? Because John Cena, great wrestler, great on the mic, chemistry, work ethic, everything great, 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 great. On top of it, he's a household name. He is a Hulk Hogan. He is a Rock. He is a Ultimate Warrior, Stone Cold. He is. You walk in the house. Do you know you know who John Cena is? Oh, isn't he a wrestler? Yes, he is. And you can say the matches he had at the end of the decade were probably better than the matches he had at the beginning of the decade. So he's kind of gotten better yes. as time goes on. He's like a fine wine, yes. like Bella Radici. Just like this podcast. His ex- Start of it maybe isn't always the best, but you hit that sweet spot somewhere. Damn it, we finished wrong. Yes. Unless if the studio audience makes me eat a gummy and then I'm fucked up. Yes. Which might have happened once, but I'm not gonna write myself out. Not me. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that'll do it for us for today. Thank you all very much. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, let, 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 let me ask you a question Uh-oh, before we, we get off here. Curveballs, I know we went over our high and lows for sports and wrestling. This podcast, what is a high and low moment for you? Just in terms of recording. I think the high would probably be the Double or Nothing recap we did. I think that was... I don't think that was our longest podcast ever, but it was very fruitful. We went a long time. We talked about all different things, you know, kind mm-hmm. of recapping everything. Yes. Really enjoyed that podcast. Low light. Everything else. <laughs> everything else. Or, you know, maybe when the studio audience maybe eat a gummy. What? 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 I don't know. Illegal drugs? What? what? It's California. It's all legal. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Okay. Dominic, what is your high point and low point of this podcast i mean if, if i'm speaking from the heart brandon which it's, i always it's every do. week every podcast every day bro bro no um i, I, I would say the logan paul video huh see the logan paul video is that when he was like he'll say like make a gay porno or something like that or maybe you want to see that gay porn you want to see gay porn bro? maybe we've already seen it who knows who knows? Who knows? maybe you're in it sure sure why not make that money, bro? <laughs> um, no, I, I would say a high note is yes. Every week I get to spend an hour or so, well more, but I get to sit here and talk shop with one of my best friends, and you know, uh, I may say some stupid things. Studio audience may 
be the studio audience. Be studio audience. Um, but he's She's here. definitely made her presence felt on yes. her return this week. Yes. Yes, she has. But you're here and you're always willing to put up with it and I can't you know, it's always a high note that I have someone like you. My low note is hmm. Everything else. For the podcast would probably and this is just me is probably the fact that we I didn't achieve what I wanted with follows and messages. Like, I, I really wanted to be more interactive. I know at one point I was going hard, and then I kind of fell off. You know, but we... It's been a know, tough pe- year People you, like, shout out to Copa Higgins-Smith. Shout out. He did interact with us. Got to give him some love. Um, that one guy out, who asked you about Apollo Crews. That one guy who asked me about Apollo Crews. Um, but other than that... <clears throat> Excuse me. Other than that, though, I'm hoping 2020 brings us more opportunity and it brings us the chance to maybe do something else with this podcast. Maybe we'll uh, do an interview somewhere down the line. Maybe we're working on something. We're going to be getting some new hardware. Got. Yep. We, we finally went legal. I finally actually broke down and bought the Logic Pro app. I've been kind of pirating it off of somebody for a long time, but this time, damn it. I paid for it, so now I'm going to get updates, and hopefully it doesn't fuck up every time I every time I try to. Yep, and I'm hoping that maybe these the few leads we're following they'll actually work in our favor, and maybe we'll start. You know, maybe there'll be some big things coming on in 2020. So real big tings, eh? Mr. Oscar Slay. Yeah, gotta end the note. That that might be the low note of the year. Did you say that this year? You probably did. Oh, Mr. Oscar Slay, a lot of things. Alright, on that note for Dominic Hobson, for Asuka says, for the studio audience, for the Barking Spiders, for the mascot. For the mascot. It's been a lovely year. It's been a lovely two years that we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. End of the decade. We'll see you next year, next decade. Friday, Saturday, Dominic, when are we going to do the podcast next week? Uh, ooh, I don't know. Uh, so I'm off Sunday, Monday this week. I think I'm off like, I think I might be off Friday again. Well, we will hopefully. I'll let you know. We will let y'all know, and you'll know when we upload this damn podcast. Yep. Our next podcast. So thank y'all very much for tuning in. Hopefully everything sounds good with this new Logic Pro update. Make and sure you next drink time, and drive. Don't drink and drive. Stay safe out there. Get lady like a titty on New Year's. And yeah, watch some college football. Dominic, we didn't even talk about the college football playoff. Dominic, quick, who wins this week? Go. Who's your? Who's winning the college football playoffs? Bama. I don't know who's in the it. Okay, on that note, thank you all very much. Bama! Maybe bam, next bam, week, bam! Maybe next week we'll uh, recap the college football playoff. And until next time, goodbye and good night. Uh, bye bye!